0: Voice of Hope is a podcast of New Hope Presbyterian Church of Castle Rock, Colorado. New Hope is a church that puts people first. You can listen to our sermons and podcasts on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and any other popular podcast platforms. This Sunday, December 11th, we continue our new series, Advent and New Hope. Listen as Darth Vader offers a warning from his own transformation about power and control. Do we as Christians fall into that same trap? Thanks for inviting me to speak this morning. My name is Darth. (laughs) Next to the emperor, I may be the second most powerful person in the galaxy, but there is a force in which I particularly excel. I've just got some, I don't know, concerns for you who are gathered this morning who might be interested uh, in force and power. My topic is uh, the rebellion, I see. Lovely, lovely. Yes, I know a lot about rebellion. In all the stories and books and TV shows and movies, there's nothing approaching the power of the Death Star. Think about it. Utterly without equal, planet destroying, wicked cool. The greatest weapon ever imagined in the universe of fact and fiction, uh, the weapon's power is unsurpassed uh, yes um, a little vulnerable to X-wing fighters shooting for air conditioning vents actually I understand this assembly knows a little something about the cost and vulnerability of air conditioning vents but the Death Star is a considerable satellite weapon for good and for evil. This line of good and evil, of course, runs right the middle of each of us. You may know my backstory of persecution and murder. Not terribly different from your own Apostle Paul, as a matter of fact, that first century rebel leader. Uh, before my conversion, I had to confront the rebellion, uh, those followers of our galaxy's radical J. The Jedi, uh, one can't always tell who's who all the time. The rebels, of course, have their own mighty leaders, Obi-Wan, Oblada. <laughs> and of course, Yoda, yada, yada. In my own narrative arc, which I have come to embrace and confirm after considerable counseling, I realized I had somehow given paternity even to aspects of rebellion. This rebellion's greatest warrior. You met that leader last week here, I know. And you, of course, find all of this in the story of Luke. Use of the force which I alone took seriously amongst the empire was fading. The old traditions were being dropped by a younger generation full of distractions and doubts. They just didn't care. You might recognize this in your own new hope, your own efforts to regain power in the American church. The temptation to go back to the good old days at any cost to renew and reclaim your influence in culture. Even your pastor nominating committee will face this immense temptation to go back as though returning to previous supposed golden ages uh, were ever the path forward. This is my warning, American church. Are you too eager for power and influence to discern the dangers the dangers inherent in power uh, your season of Advent includes politics and a promise of a better world socially economically politically Advent starts in hope but it's a bit dark that hope comes amidst great injustice it comes amidst like this scripture this morning A not-too-veiled threat to the powerful from Mary or from your other ancient texts. Um, you better watch out. You better not cry. You better not pout. And I'm telling you why. This is embedded in your tradition, right? Threat. Threat as well as hope-filled promise. The ancient prophecy of Messiah, like the one Anna awaited two weeks ago in the book of Luke, your lesson from two weeks back, along with this preoccupation of weapons, sci-fi and fantasy. Many of us love those. They often tell the classic story of the One, capital O, One. Think how many times this is reiterated in movies, books, literature. The hoped-for deliverer, who anticipated for generations will come rally followers and against all odds finally make the galaxy a better place i trust you rejoice in sci-fi and fantasy when you encounter this you guys invented the idea israel had a long-awaited one the messiah This is still what it is to be Christian, awaiting a more cohesive time, hoping against current conditions, a deeper knowing of how things eventually turn out. This isn't mere optimism or happiness. Joy is not optimism or mere happiness. It is recognizing the dark of what is and still insisting something else. That's the joy I'm talking about this morning. It secondly includes, of course, um, peace. We heard about this last week. A deeper peace. Not mere absence of conflict, but rather social and economic justice, equity. We all need a peace that includes these things, spiritual calm in our own violent lives. It's a hard-fought peace we anticipate at Advent. I've seen what really is. I've taken off my blinders or helmet. I've learned what darkness power begets, what it fathers, and what might be more promising instead. Take your friend Darth's word. As long as we are ego-driven and striving for power, the dark side of the force has us. If you don't mind an observation from somebody once captivated by power, I wonder if historically maybe Israel in its initial rebellion has by now merely replaced Rome in the Middle East. Has Israel become the empire in that forever war on the other side of your planet? Just this fall, Israel has recrowned an autocratic, incredibly corrupt, and dishonest politician with no morals who uses supposedly religious concerns to gain the support of supposedly religious masses. If it's true that power corrupts, <laughs> then the wildly disparate assignment of power throughout the Middle East at least suggests a similarly wildly unequal assignation of corruption. I know there are problems on both sides, murderous sins, I get it. But the Palestinians of our generation, your generation, suffer far more than the nation of Israel. Only they are limited in travel, employment. Only they struggle in abject poverty, deprived of human rights, dying at 10 times. The Israelites... Even your own PCOSA, your national church, has lifted up a prophetic concern for the oppressed Palestinians. It's a very unpopular and relatively, relatively unique opinion uh, your church holds. The PCOSA has been charged with anti-Semitism just for questioning Israel's use of power. Your national church seems to understand that normal rebellion merely trades one anger and power for another. So we need something to disrupt our natural and destructive lust for power. Your buddy, Darth, knows this, and I'm afraid normal rebellions often fall into this trap. We need a new kind of rebellion. Allow me to take my the gloves off to finish and here in your country have Christians become the new Rome there's always there's always somebody at the top of the power pyramid there are no exceptions who else would it be does it seem to you that possibly Christianity in the good old US has become empire Christian nationalism, that distortion of Christian faith and power, was anathema for decades, till what, a year ago? Rightfully so. Few even use the dangerous term, it mistakes force for moral right. Led by some of the most ego-driven on your planet, it has established itself within a mainline party of violence and resentment, fear and hate, Trust me, I know about these things, how they are effective motivators, effective and profoundly dangerous and destructive. If anybody accused somebody else of Christian nationalism up until recently, it was seen as overreach, an inflammatory insult akin to invoking Nazism. Now it's somehow acceptable to a significant minority of Christians. They claim the idolatry of power as a good thing. Make no mistake, these so-called believers believe in only one dark Lord, power. And they have shown they will swear allegiance to anybody, good or evil, who wields power effectively and promises them the same darkness. There's no theology or morality behind this naked lust. No discussion or democracy is desired. Only obedience with difference being punishable by extreme prejudice and violence. These followers are currently the greatest threat to your country and peace. They carry your name. In this local community, the broader definition, Christians have a near monopoly. Christians ought to have a right to put up religious images in the public square, right? A nativity, maybe, on the state house lawn, for example. This feels right. In a truly pluralist society, this would be joined by a menorah or a Kwanzaa image. I don't know what that would be. A moon and star, maybe a Hindu god, or you already feel this. It's impossible. Of all such imagined participants, Christians alone in this culture participate freely. The others, for really good reasons, fear violence. They attempt very limited or no visible practice because they are afraid for their lives if they do. And this fear, their fear tells us everything we need to know. It isn't how the powerful feel about their rights. That's not the measure of injustice. It's the fear of the oppressed that is the measure. It's a simple and fair definition of sanctioned, monopolized power, what we call empire. We can't imagine Buddhists in our country arrogantly claiming such privilege as Christian nationalists do, or Jews, or Muslims or competing sports fans, or redheads, any other group demonstrating the prejudice and threats of Christians as of late, the state would instantly condemn, outlaw, and prosecute. The murderous threats of Christian nationalism go mostly unanswered we are apparently to accept their appalling language and threats precisely because it is their twisted religion and fake morality that has been sanctioned by the state, by empire. We like to think of this as a Christian nation, maybe. This would, of course, alarm the deists and atheists among our founding fathers. A prime point of starting anew away from Europe was precisely to not be a specifically Christian nation. Freedom of religion was never about empowering Christians, but limiting their power for the sake of democracy and letting everybody exercise their particular religion. This country's work towards a healthy pluralism and freedom for religion is newly failing and badly. Christianity has shown itself in the past few years especially to be a willing dupe for those utterly at odds with the values of your country's initial rebels. These most corrupt and selfish, these proud supposed disciples, know power. They use it to threaten the lives of LGBTQ people with violence, They ensure that even mentally ill people have ready access to any weapons and they will accept no, no restrictions. Those who disagree with such policies are in turn demonized and threatened with violence. Yet there is good in each and every one of us. There is a new hope, I am convinced. There is a peace that includes justice that beckons us. A rebellion is afoot. Christianity began as a counter-cultural rebellion, and in 2023 must reclaim that nature to redeem its very soul, but not in search for power, but out of a sense of joy in its original rebels and its original incarnation. This is the task of a remnant, as Christian languages put it, a faithful minority out to excise the evil embedded in the tradition, determined to bring greater balance back to the forces that be. Joy is the rebellion, a deep and yes darker knowing that such struggle is part of the story that only eventually leads to full rejoicing. Never doubt that a small group of thoughtful, committed citizens can change the world. Indeed is the only thing that ever has. Rebel leaders, I applaud your courage. I applaud your joy. Thank you for listening to Voice of Hope. If you've enjoyed our podcast, please rate and review it and share it with your friends. Go in peace and have a wonderful week.